Hey guys, it's the Covenant Courses podcast, and currently we are in a study of the book Missional Essentials by Brad Briscoe and Lance Ford, and today we're getting into lesson three of this study, and this lesson's called Joining His Purposes, Participating in the Missio Day, and we're going to talk today about what that is, the Missio Day. Currently, as we're working our way through this study, we are exploring a few paradigm shifts that we need to make if we're going to see and engage with the mission of God in everyday life. And thus far, that has included coming to see ourselves as a sent missionary people, and then also looking at the incarnation of Jesus and how Jesus Uh, in a sense, moved into the neighborhood and dwelt among us and the ways that we also should be present and uh, proximate to the people that God has sent us to. So today we're going to dig into that more deeply. I'm interviewing Brad Briscoe, one of the authors of this study, and uh, let's go ahead and get into today's interview. I want to start out with this quote that you guys have here in chapter three. I think this is on page 24, but this is a quote that comes from Christopher Wright. And and it here's what he says. He says, it's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around that a little bit. Like it, I, it sounds good, <laughs> but I am so accustomed to thinking that we are a people that have a thing to do. That there, that there's a mission that we need to go be a part of. But it's it's almost like he's saying that that <laughs> that we're not we're not the ones in control of all of this. That that God actually is the one who's in control of all of this, and that we exist for His purposes and and his mission like am i am i am i defining that correctly am i am i on the right page there yeah i think you summed it up really well just there you know (laughs) another way i'll say it sometimes i don't remember if i articulated it like this in in missional essentials but i'll say we often wrongly assume that the primary activity of god is in the church so let's just stop there a minute and kind of reflect okay, on that. Okay. So let me say it again. I think we often wrongly assume that the primary activity of God is in the church. I remember when I first became a believer, I thought, yeah, God's actively involved in the church. It's like, this is where he does his work, right? Is in the confines of the church. Now, is God involved and, and active in the church? Absolutely. Of course he is. But the way I like to say it, to, to kind of go back to that quote you just read from Wright, is to say, I actually, instead, I believe that God's primary activity is in the world and the church is an instrument created by God to be sent into the world to participate in what he's already doing. Mm. So that's why this lesson, when we, we talk about the Missio Day or participating in the Missio Day, we're just saying, look, we've got to get to the point to recognize it's not about our mission. It's all about God's mission. And that is amazingly freeing to me. When we, when we get to the point to recognize it's not about our strategies or our techniques or our human ingenuity or how smart we are, but it's 100% about what God's already doing. And he's inviting us to participate with what he's already doing. Mm-hmm. So it goes back earlier. We talked about discover and discern. Well, if it's really 100% about God's mission, then 
if we do have a strategy, our strategy is to discover what he's already doing and then discern how does he want us to participate? Like in light of our gifts and resources, how does he want us to lean in to what we've already discovered that he's up to? So, you know, it's interesting for me, these first three paradigm shifts, they all kind of cohere together. So think about the first one is we're a sent missionary people. The second one is we need to incarnate into the places that God has sent us. And then the third is we need to discover what God's doing. So as we incarnate, we're paying attention, we're listening, we're getting in tune, we're awakening to what's going on. And then we're discerning, okay, God's given us certain gifts and resources individually as a family and as a church family. How do, Let's match those up. Let's match up the gifts and resources he's given us to what we've discovered he's up to. And then like, that's our strategy. And, and how much more effective think it would be instead of us coming in thinking we, we have the answers to questions no one might be asking, that instead, if we try to match up the gifts and resources God's given that local church to what we've discovered he's already doing, how much more effective is that going to be rather than coming up with a pre-planned you know planned strategy that, that may work and it may not work? So that's why I think this third one, Missio Dei, and as you already said, Missio Dei is just a Latin phrase meaning mission of God that we we need to kind of tap into this Missio Dei theology of like, what is it, you know, what are the implications of this for us individually, but also for the church? Well, just to clarify, when you talk about the church, are you primarily thinking about the organization or are you primarily thinking about the people? Well, the people, but I okay. do think it would, yeah, absolutely the people. We, you know, individually, but also collectively, I mean, even whatever like, systems or structures or processes that end up happening within the body. Um, but even those ought to, you know, again, we ought to have strategies in the church to help people discover and discern what God's doing outside the walls of the church. So, uh, so I would say both it's, yeah, it's because it, it will, a Missio Dei theology will affect the programs and activities of the church. Hmm. Well, so what is the mission of God? Well, ultimately, uh, it's it's his redemptive purposes that he is he is reconciling and redeeming all of creation back to himself. Now, some people would say, well, but wait, isn't isn't like the ultimate to give God glory? And and you know, I wouldn't push back on that. I wouldn't want to argue that. But I think God's redemptive purposes that that ultimately is what it leads to. But I think sometimes it's hard to get practical about you know bringing God glory where I think we can actually have, there's like these practical implications about us participating with him in his redemptive purposes. So, well, I, I you know, I know, uh, John Piper has his book on mission, uh, let the nations be glad in which he, uh, his basic thesis is, uh, something to the effect of, um, uh, where worship exists, missions also exist, or where worship doesn't exist, missions doesn't exist. Am I, am I, getting that yeah. somewhat correct but it, it does seem to me that if if we are joining his god in his redemptive work then that is largely a step of obedience and to me obedience is really what is held up in the scripture as the pinnacle of worship um why do you call yourselves my friends and don't do what i tell you to do yeah. it's like if we really if we really claim to be god's people um, or people who are seeking to follow Jesus in our everyday life, then 
joining him in the work that he is doing and also the work that he has called us into as his people to be, you know, as Paul says, his ambassadors and on and on, then that largely is an act of worship because it's an act of obedience ultimately. And it's like, I love that. Yeah. And obedience is just following Jesus, right? I'm just reminded just last week, I I saw again this quote, and I'd seen it many years ago. Uh, It it was in a book that I was reading. It said that that, uh, one time Mother Teresa was asked, where did you get your calling to serve the poor? And she said, "I, I didn't get a calling to serve the poor. I had a calling to follow Jesus and I followed him to the poor. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's an act of obedience of following Jesus into mission. So I like I like what you just said there about obedience. Well, that brings up a question for me, because there are some books I read uh, and things I hear where it's almost like, man, if you are not working with the poor primarily, then you're not really following Jesus. Um, and so my question here is, how, how do we really go about discerning the who of of our context because i mean i live in a mostly white middle class neighborhood um and and what we've discovered is that there's all kinds of ministry to be done in our context but but sometimes i can feel uh maybe guilt tripped that i'm i'm not primarily serving with a certain group of people um, or that i'm not moving across town to primarily live with a certain group of people um, how, how would you respond to some of that? Because I, at one point here, you guys say that Jesus came to the down and outers of society. And I, and I certainly think that's true in a spiritual sense. But Jesus also seems to interact with people at all levels of society. He doesn't only spend his time with people who are materially impoverished. So, so how should we interact with that idea? Well, gosh, that's a great question, Weston. I think first off, I'd never want to minimize uh, the emphasis that scripture has on serving the poor without a doubt. And I think, you know, and I I wouldn't want to push against it. But again, we have to recognize where has God sent us? And then also, I think part of it, it goes back to how we define the poor. I mean, it's not just poverty as it relates to finances, of course. I mean, you know this, but the marginalized, the outcast, the sinner. I mean, today, there's all regardless of our context uh you know the people that are struggling with mental health issues or i mean there's just it doesn't matter where we are the suburbs or urban setting or rural setting they're you know depending on how we kind of define poor um you know there's just great work that is always available to us there but ultimately i think it goes back to where has god sent us and then in light of the gifts and resources he's given us, how does he want us to participate? And, and I very purposely say in light of our gifts and resources, because for me, here's the reality. The need is just too great. We we can't solve all the issues, right? I mean, the, the, the needs in our context are just too great for us individually or as a family or as a church to solve. But God has given us certain gifts and resources to participate with him. So so that so we have to discover what God's already doing as we said, but then part of the discernment process is recognizing those gifts and resources that we've been given and then like I said earlier and kind of like match those with what God is doing. So there there might be some some issues that need to be someone needs to lean into, but if God hasn't given us the resources, the gifts to do that, then maybe that's not what we're called to do today. But it's something else that God's called us to do. So I think even as a church, we need to almost like do an asset uh, analysis uh, and find out what are those gifts and resources. I mean, just just recently I was talking to a church 
And they were kind of going through this process, discovering what God's doing, discerning how they, they were to lean into that. And they discovered some major issues in uh, this middle school just down the street. As relate, there were educational issues. And they did a little audit in their church. And they had like 18 school teachers in their church. And it was like, okay, well, wait a minute. I mean, why do we have 18 school teachers and two blocks away, here's a middle school that's really, you know, the kids are really struggle, struggling. So it was like, well, it's obvious that, that we're supposed to do something in the level of mentoring. So that's what I mean. We just need to discern what are the gifts and resources we have and try to connect those to what God is doing. So I think even back to your question about the poor, um, yeah, you might be in a context that that's that church doesn't have those resources or gifts. I mean, and again, ultimately, I guess it's a discernment process, right? I mean, as a church, we need to be discerning these things communally, um, discovering where's God at work, and then and then as a community, discerning how how does He want us to lean into that. All right. I hope you're enjoying my interview with Brad. Uh, on Friday, we're going to be back with our next episode. We'll be talking about living a kingdom of God agenda. What is that? What does it look like? Hope you'll join us then. 